Welcome to the R Word. We're here to talk about reparations in the church in Northwest Arkansas. Today, I'm joined by my friend and co-host, Dustin McGowan, to discuss an interview that I recorded with Propaganda. Propaganda is a poet, activist, husband, father, academic, MC, and coffee lover who has his own cold brew roasted by NWA's own Onyx Coffee Lab. You can check out terraformcoldbrew.com. Now, let's listen to the interview with Prop. So, hey, welcome to the R Word. Today, we're talking to Propaganda, also known as Jason Petty, about his art and, among other things, the impact it has had on me personally. So, Prop, thanks for being with us today. Man, thanks for having me. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, man. We're happy to have you. Um, Yeah. So first, uh, can you share some of your story with us? Like, who are you and and why are you here today? Yeah, man. Um, Who am I? Why am I here today? Uh, (laughs) Yeah. uh, So, yeah, my name is Prop, L.A. native, born and raised. Um, Come from, you know, uh, sort of the eastern side of Los Angeles, um, which is pretty ethnically diverse as far as like, you know, it's predominantly Mexican and, and uh, Filipino. Um, so I come from that side of town. So I kind of grew up in a pretty kind of tri-cultural space. Um, fell in love with hip hop really young. You know, uh, I was, you know, a baby, a baby and a child, you know, during some of the bigger movements in LA around hip hop and gang banging and uh, skate skateboarding all that so it's really really cool really cool time to be alive you know as a child um and uh yeah you know a coffee nerd uh got a got a cold brew um and uh like a canned sort of cold brew that actually before you got on i was uh editing a newsletter you know about uh about the re-up yeah so um yeah man uh father my father was a you know war vet black panther um you know and uh so i kind of had a you know ideas of sort of justice and blackness um pretty young the hip-hop i fell in love with was one of a lot of substance and meaning so you're really having to learn how to you know say what you got to say um my let's see uh church went to a you know, inner city church, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't necessarily like sort of, you know, I don't know, white evangelical, like in a lot of ways, some of the uh, the reckoning that's sort of happening in the, uh, you know, American church, you know, is it's really the white American church, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. these, these are not experiences that the rest of us kind of had, but had kind of looked over there and was like, yeah, I got to deal with this, you know what I'm saying? Um, so I don't carry a good amount of the, I don't know, baggage and hurt that a lot of uh, other believers do these days because I just didn't come from that. Mine is, I have a whole different flavor and category of of, uh, of church issues. Um, but besides that, man, yeah, you know, and um, I taught high school for about six years, five years, six years. Uh, also inner city. Um, yeah. And I, I'm glad to be here. You know? Yeah, man. Well, I appreciate that introduction. Um, 
Yeah, I know. I know some people uh, around here from LA, but that's a uh, Lower Arkansas. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so it's a little bit different than Los Angeles. Uh-huh. I mean, pretty much the same, though, right? I mean, not not that different. I mean, I hear y'all call it the NWA. In which case, I'm like, <laughs> the- don't you ever, ever in my presence ever refer to Northwest Arkansas as the NWA. That has created some confusion. We uh. Yeah, we, yes. we digress, but, but yes. <laughs> that's, that's like, fair. That's fair. Don't you ever. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, okay, Prop, so here's my first yeah. question for you. Okay. Uh, my friend, Jamar Tisby, who's been on the podcast previously, he says a movement requires three A's, the arts, the academy, and the assembly, by which he means both churches and other civic organizations. and. We know that artists had an essential role in the civil rights movement of the 50s and 60s. Um, You're an artist, so what do you see, what is the role of artists in the civil rights movement or movements of today, and what is your role personally? How do you think about that? Man, um, first of all, you know, Jamar's Jamar's a brilliant, brilliant man. Um, I think, man, it's like the... Of the similarities of where we are and, you know, the things we can learn from, like, the civil rights movement, I honestly think, like, there are areas to where, like, the time couldn't be more different, you know. Um, the biggest thing, I think, is social media, you know, and, like, the idea of an influencer, you know, who may not be an artist at all, you know what I'm saying? Um, and because some, in, in some ways, I found just me mouthing off on TikTok about what a social construct actually means. You know what I mean? And, and you know, explaining an ad hominem, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just me sitting at the desk, just talking into the camera. And I'm like, dang, man, the video, the TikTok before that of me, you know, performing a song is like pales in comparison for the numbers. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Of how uh, the virality of, just looking in the camera and explaining something, you know what I'm saying? I, I have found um, that has been sort of a bigger difference. Now, having said that, earning, for me, earning the right to just talk to my camera has come from me as an artist, you know, and giving you something that's a little more beautiful, complex, and and um, thought out. So I think that, like, I think as, as much as I, um, you know, obviously have no disagreement to anything that like, you know, the OG would say, I do think that this time is different, you know, and that, you know, the role of social media plays a much bigger, much bigger piece, you know, obviously, because there was no such thing then, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The closest to social media we had was a newspaper, the actual news, and artists, like artists were the only ones actually telling those stories, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But now we can, um, you know, we have, like I said, social media. So I think that that's like, that's a piece that if we are going to see change the way we need to see it and, and the change that we've seen so far, I found has come from the role of social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. I think for me, um, I've reflected on like both Jamar, who's primarily an academic and you, who I think of primarily as an artist have, have mm-hmm. impacted me, but in different ways. I think that one way to say that is that, you know, Jamar and the Academy, uh, the books that I've read, and I know you're an author too, but um, the Academy sort of, sort of speaks to my head. 
but I find yeah. that like music speaks to my heart and can say the same Facts. thing, but in different ways, both yeah. of which are important and, and needed. And I appreciate your comment about social media. I'm not active on it, but my wife is, and she showed me your post yeah. about CRT yeah. uh, the other day, which I really appreciated. Yeah. That's a hot topic over here right now. But uh, if, if, only, yeah, man. if only we had a theory, that would be, that would be only critical. <laughs> some way we can explain all this yeah no i yeah you're right man i think that like none of these things replace each other but like as far as like you said like the assembly you know um and uh you know the academics and you know the arts and the music and i think they all play their role it's if anything it's like we have now another leg on this stool you know what mm. i'm saying which is like great you know yeah that's good I appreciated what you said in your introduction too about you being or experiencing uh, your life in a tri-cultural way. I think that's really clear yeah. in your art. And and so I wanna mention that as a preface to this next question, which uh -huh. is posed to you primarily as a member of the African-American community, but acknowledging that sure. you know you, you uh, are, are in a lot of ways at the intersections of yeah. communities and cultures. So um, in reparations, a book, written by, co-written by my friend Greg Thompson and, and Duke Kwan, they write that reparations requires a conversation between two groups of people, those yeah. who owe reparations and those to whom they're owed, and that each group has things to say and not to say. Um, yeah. and, and I see this conversation in Playing With Fire, uh, a mm -hmm. song that you perform with King's Kaleidoscope, in which we've yeah. included in previous episodes of the podcast. And so I wanted to ask you, Prop, um, what you have to say in in that song, which you know is one of my favorites. That, that yeah, I, you know, in writing the song, I never thought about it in terms of reparations. Uh, it was more about, you know, it was a it was a it was something that Chad approached me about in in him his wrestle mm -hmm. of like, dude, I really, I really, dang, I really don't have to be a part of this conversation. He he felt like in his life that like. I can, I can choose to participate. And he's just realized like, oh crap, you can't, can you? You have to be a part of it. And I'm like, you're right. It's not a choice for me, you know? And, um, and I think his like, him wanting to figure out a way to say that, that wasn't just so like, kind of like white boy coming to this new topic as if he's an expert, you know what I'm saying? But like, but at the same time, him wanting the, um, in some ways the permission from me to be like, dude, it's okay if like, this is the first time you thought about this, like, that's fine. Talk about it from there. You know, I'll handle the other stuff, you know what I'm saying? Um, so ultimately, yeah, it was just this idea of like, you know, performative uh, allyship um, in in hopes to like maybe scrub your uh, conscious clear mm -hmm. from things that, you know, rightfully so like, you didn't directly have a hand in, you know what I mean? And like, maybe these things don't really affect you, you know, in the beautiful Pacific Northwest, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, it sucks, but like, and you can see that it sucks, you know what I'm saying? But it's it's as far away, at, at least in his experience, he's like, dude, it might as well be Yemen, you know? Like, it's so far away from me, that doesn't affect my everyday. And I'm like, that, that's, bad right like you know and him just kind of like wrestling with that so i was just kind of addressing that and being like dog like i you're right i can't participate you or i can't i can't check out 
you know. Um, but I also understand why you would, because it's a it's a tough combo, you know. And um, and and sometimes, yeah, like you said, like the complexity of art is to be able to be able to acknowledge that. No, I get it. That it's it'd be great to dude, I wish I could check out, like, it'd be great, you know what I'm saying, and I understand the instinct to do that, you know, um, but stay in, you know, if you really want to see something different, you, you, you got to stay in. The option of participation is great, right, man, this is a great life, man, we did something right. Yeah, yeah, so that's what I was, that's what I was talking about, um, in terms of reparations, yeah, I think in that sense, it's like, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's a, uh, sometimes it's like, man, how would I tie that into the song? I think, yeah, like the the we as a culture have avoided that question forever. You know what I'm saying? Because you you know, and sometimes it's like you hope that it gets far enough away that you never got to talk about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. like we do with our in our like romantic relationships. You hope that like, yeah, that really sucked. I'm so sad I did that, but I'm really hoping you're over it, so we don't have to address it. But you got to address it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to look that, you got to look that, uh, that thing in the face, you know? So I think, like you say, yeah, it's like, look, dude, like, don't, don't turn away, man. You know? And yeah, if we're going to really process what reparations might look like for African-Americans, or, you know, slave descendants here, then we got to have a convo. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that in the song I heard in, in the content, I, I, you know, reparations addressed specifically. But I think for me, you know, it, it was a example of um, the the conversation, a conversation being had between, yeah. you know, like a black and a white artist, uh, an African-American, yeah. European-American. And like, to your point, like looking at the thing, right? Yeah. And, and in a way that I think was, is prophetic. Um, it's beautiful, man. By which Thank I mean, you. you know, both challenging and comforting. Yeah. Um, and and so I just it really spoke and speaks to me mm-hmm. and gives me a lot of hope for what's possible in the world. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think I, I want to ask you. I mean, all of the lyrics are powerful, both those of yours and and Chad's. But yeah, like your conclusion and Chad's both, I think, are like are really strong. And so, um, let's see. So you you conclude with. Locking in the sovereign reign of the King of Kings, trusting he'll make right all things, he'll make right all things. And then Chad says, I think hauntingly, no one is safe from the gods we create. They all turn on us. No one escapes heaven's justice unpaid. Have mercy now. Um, I mean, we could could talk all day about the song, but can you speak about just how it ends? Yeah, I mean that's Chad's brilliance, but you know, and I think I mean that's just Chad's brilliance. Like he and he, the the boy is just smart, um, and he's just an incredible, you know, writer and thinker. But I think he's wrestling with yeah that thing that you know Thomas Jefferson acknowledged that was like if God is just, you know what I'm saying? If he who we say he is, then we got a reckoning. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So him acknowledging the fact that like nah we. Let's not lie to ourselves. We were wrong about this. This is an evil that we let's not let's not act like God ain't see this. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I think that yeah, that that's I, in a lot of ways that's what Chad is like reflecting on as like 
as a nation and as a people, like if you you have to deal with your original sin, these are your these are your your inner demons. And if you believe that God has made you prosperous as a nation, then you then you must believe that God must have saw when you were unjust, mm -hmm. you know. And he's like, if if he's he's who he says he is, he not gonna favor us for long. Mm -hmm. We gonna have to answer for this, you know. And um, and yeah, and I guess he was. I guess in some ways he was playing off what I said, which was like, God, he gonna make he gonna make this right. Yep. You know what I mean? Maybe it's not in my lifetime or. Maybe not as a whole, I don't know, but like we we as as you know believers believe that at some point things will be made right. That doesn't that doesn't stop us obviously from working. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Towards that. Maybe I'm hopefully I can be a part of that, the hands and feet that bring that, you know, to be. But ultimately it's like, dog, you can't you can't escape this. You know what I mean? This is something and then he said, Yeah, no one's safe from the gods we create. Like this is an institution this this race this like race experiment this is an institution that was self-created you made this you know what i'm saying so i'm like yeah this is this is your monster you know that served you at one time but it's gonna turn on you you know and that's i think the point he's trying to make which i think is great yeah yeah i agree i mean i think haunting is is the primary word that comes to mind but also like beautiful and a grace you know i yeah. mean it's, it's a prayer at the end like yeah. have mercy and i think that anyway but i want to transition to my next question which is about another song that you also do with king's kaleidoscope another favorite mm -hmm. um what do you know about grace and so yeah to to feed into that question or to introduce it um in reparations, Quan and Thompson write that part of reparations is naming lies and telling the truth. Um, yes. And, and in unsettling truths, um, Mark Charles and Soong Chan Ra, Soong Chan Ra has been on the podcast too, they write that many white Christians have believed half-truths about both the gospel and American history. Um, yeah. And so this reparations of truth, naming lies and telling truth, is something that I see like very clearly in your art and telling the truth about both the gospel and American history. And, and I see this in songs like, What Do You Know About Grace? And yeah. I gotta, so the song opens, you've been hoodwinked, bamboozled, co-opted, and run amok, sold your white yeah. Jesus to prop your empire up, bought the yeah. binary, rendered unto Caesar, all because your cathedrals needed more cedar. And I could go yeah. on, but like, I mean, you gotta tell us more uh, about that. I mean, I like that's one of those verses where I'm like, I said what I said. Like, I don't I don't know what else to like. What else do you what else do you need? Like, you know what I'm saying? Where I'm like, I, like it was like like one of my earlier songs, like the song Precious Puritans or this poem I did mm. about the Puritans. Fools were like, so so what are your thoughts on it? I was like, I said my thoughts. It's in the poem. You already I'm not there's no there's nothing to add to it. You know what I'm saying? I said what I said. So I feel like what I really like about that song is that is like, what what's your question, bro? You know what I'm saying? Like this, what you did? Like you know what I'm saying? You you did this. You know what I'm saying? They sold you a white Jesus, mm -hmm. and it was clearly to justify the injustices that you're doing. You just you 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 Jesus washed it. You know what I mean? And the first lines, hoodwink, bamboozled, running. That's a Malcolm X quote. You know. Um, 
from one of his favorite or favorite one of his his famous speeches um and uh and yeah like i don't know if you 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 are being maybe you maybe you're maybe you're a uh, a willing participant but you have been weaponized you've been co-opted you know and it's not and whether you want to whether you know who phyllis schlapsley is or the you know or the uh the silent majority movement and you know what i'm saying and and even when we came up with the term family values like all that uh maybe you don't know that but these people don't love you just like they don't love me mm -hmm. you have been weaponized you know what i'm saying and and um and in and in my mind just a uh, just an easy cursory look through Bible that's on your lap would tell you that, you know, when you like the slavers Bible, like that's one thing that, you know, I don't know. That's another thing about our history. People understand like when, when the slaves were given Bibles, they took out Exodus mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because if you read the whole thing, you're going to be like, hold up now, wait a minute. You know what I'm saying? So, so I, I think that like in that sense, bro like what what don't you like what don't you understand you know or maybe you don't know you're you've been hustled and either you believe it either you're a true believer which is of this hustle which means in my mind i don't just know how much how christian you are mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying or maybe you are maybe maybe god is that much gracious gracious and sovereign and and understands how complicated we are as humans and still shows his grace on them like maybe you know what I'm saying? I'm just saying as an institution, fam, you're 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 nothing but like a battering ram, you know. Um, but I will say this, you know, this isn't in relation to the song. I don't at least I don't think it is, because, again, like I didn't think of the song in terms of reparations. Um, but I think that there's like. I mean, there are. I mean, there's cities with lakes in them that at the bottom of the lake are cities they're they're black those were black towns black cities overton there's freeways the free part of the 10 freeway that was a black neighborhood it was an it was an affluent black neighborhood overtown in miami where the 385 is that's a black neighborhood like and you maybe you don't notice but we do mm -hmm. you know there's entire town there's i mean there's you like, look it up, bro. You know what I'm saying? There are lakes all across America with cities on the bottom that were purposefully done, you know, because black people were growing. Now, now when you think of in terms of reparations, we're not gonna get that back. You know what I'm saying? That's that's something you cannot repair. And I know that. You you feel me? Um, so but you can at least understand that like that's there you there there needs to be a way for you to make things that you can make right mm -hmm. right you know and that's yeah that so i think in that sense it's like yo unless you're willing to like you said tell the truth and acknowledge lies then there's, there's nowhere there's nowhere we can go i can't just keep telling you this like Bro, like the information's there. There's, there's, there's a city on the bottom of the lake in your town. You know what I mean? Like, and it was made a lake to drown out black affluence. You know, mm -hmm. 
So like, even if we tried to do the whole American dream thing, you just, you, you, it was working. You just drowned the city. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're two hours from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah, um, you know, with Black Wall Street, like. Yeah, I mean, we're, you burnt it down. It was working. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, that'll preach. I think, you know, for me, I, I received that song and like, I want to believe what's true, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, Jesus said, you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. And I think he was talking primarily about himself, but, yeah, you know, it's also true that, you know, we are not well served by believing lies. And I no. think about, you know, I read uh, The Fire Next Time by James Baldwin, and he says, you know, the tendency among, and I think the word that he uses, uh, Negroes, is to dismiss white people as the slightly mad victims of their own brainwashing. And I read that, yes. and I was like, man, like, that I don't want to be, I don't want to be bamboozled, co-opted, run amok, yeah. sold the white Jesus to, to prop yeah. the empire up, right? Like, I want, yeah. I want to know Jesus as he is. I want to know yeah. the story of, of our place as it is, like the truth about yeah. it, and then wrestle with the implications of that because, like, I don't want, I don't want to be enslaved by lies. Yeah. And so I receive, you know, your work as both exhortation and invitation you know, into, mm -hmm. into something better for everybody. Yeah, man. Dude, thank you. I'm taking a class about King in seminary now, and my professor has said that King's values were both communal, so love and political justice. Yeah. And in my community, I see a gap between some who emphasize preaching love uh, and others who emphasize practicing justice. And what I see is that the former, the, the folks who preach love, often fail to correct injustice, but yeah. the latter, the folks who, who are the justice folks, like they often fail to create community. But what I see in your work is a commitment to both correcting injustice and mm -hmm. creating community. And I see this in songs like Brother, which you perform yeah. with the brilliance. And so can you talk about that in, in your art? And I presume that's a reflection of your life as well. Like when yeah. you're off the mic, that, that seems to be something that is important for you to practice as well. Yeah, I mean, you're 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 constantly ascending and descending the like individual and institutional issues, and understanding yourself as also both an individual and part of an institution. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, and as a, I mean, as a Christian, that shouldn't be hard for you to shouldn't be a hard concept for you to grasp. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, it's 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 a cornerstone of our faith that we are individuals and part of a a, a, a beloved community, a kingdom. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Um, so, so this isn't like. I mean, it's a daily practice. This is, this is something that we daily do, and sometimes we do it without thinking. You know, you just you're just not thinking about it. You know, every time you pull out your driver's license and it says Arkansas on it, that is you being an individual and part of a community, you know what I mean? Um, so when you understand people in, in such contexts, you know what I mean? You're, you're able to, you know, forge friendships and families and understand that like, man, you know, I, I, I do not affirm 
the um, racist idea that somehow white people are a different species than I am. You know what I'm saying? That's that was that was their creation. They, you know what I'm saying? They believed I was a different species. And like you said, we just finished MLK. What was not what was on his sign the whole time out there in, in Memphis is ain't I a man? Like I am a man. Like I don't understand what you're talking about. I'm a man like you are, you know. So I think that like I uh while I understand how social constructs work, I also understand that that is like honestly like I mean, that's my brother. And I understand that some of these conversations are are going to be very hard for you. There's a, uh, my, my wife just taught me this term, an epistemic fracture. That's what it's called, an epistemic fracture, which I thought uh, meant something totally different than it did. But what it means is to get academic on you, like, ep like as in like epistemology, Right, so like the how you know what you know, an epistemic fracture is when somebody comes in and you learn something that just fractures your whole concept of reality, right? And of, of how things work. So when we say to you know the red blooded you know July Fourth barbecuing you know red blooded American that no our country was not founded on Christian values. No, everyone they did not mean all men are created equal. You know. You know what I'm saying? They didn't, not only did they not mean all people, they didn't mean all men, like not even all white men. Like, you know what I'm saying? They didn't even agree on that. So I'm like, these things are not true. You, there is, you know, the Indian Removal Acts, you know, the Chinese Exclusion Acts, like these things, we do not, we do not fit, our nation has never fit its marketing, never. Mm. It's never been true to its marketing, you know? So that's an epistemic fracture. Like that's, that's a hard thing to, it, Except, you know, even the image of people signing the Declaration of the Independence, all these guys, and that's not how it worked. They weren't all standing around there. You know what I'm saying? So none of these images, these ideas of the past were true. Thanksgiving, the story's a lie. That's not what happened. You know what I'm saying? Like, these are, those are catastrophic things. If you're, if you've made it to your 30s, and this is the first time somebody went, no, it's not what happened at all, bro. That's all a lie. It's gonna be a hard, gonna be a hard thing. That's it. I get it. All that to say, I get it. That's that's a hard thing to deal with. Um, so I try to bring that piece of humanity to my music, and like because I feel so. What's the word I'm looking for? I'm at peace with who I am, what God has made me. I love my blackness. You know what I'm saying? I love the world around me. I love the way I'm created that if if somebody's just cool they're cool like i just like david i just like the brilliance they're just cool dudes you know what i'm saying so i'm like that's dope yeah let's do a song together you guys are dope you know and, and in a lot of ways it's like there's there was no big thoughts about justice or anything about it it's like oh, it's dope this is a cool song what's the topic all right that's dope you know what i'm saying like it's really like i, I put a lot less thought than it seems in in that like really for me in a lot of ways like uh a lot of my collaborations are around is this fool just a good hang mm -hmm. you know are they dope at what they do you feel me and and that's what they were but in my mind you wouldn't have, these people wouldn't approach me unless they understood who i was and what i stood for but i also think 
you know, a long way around to answer your question. I'm the child of a of a Black Panther. So it's always been community injustice. That's mm -hmm. the only way I understand. How do you, how else do you do it? How else is love displayed except for in justice? Like, I don't, the idea of separating the two is just bizarre to me. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't know, I just don't know how I, how I, I, how could I tell I, I gotta tell my daughter I love her with all my heart and preach love, but like, I don't feed her. Like you, you gotta, you gotta feed her too, man. Like, that's how I'm showing you I love you. I don't, I don't get it. You know what I'm saying? So to me, the idea of separating the two is just, it's just bizarre to me. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot that could be said there. Um, I think what spoke to me about that song, and, and I think that like it's explicit in that song, but it's implicit in a lot of your other work as you sort of alluded to, but mm -hmm. the refrain in that song that's repeated over and over is, when I look into the face of my enemy, I see my brother. And yeah. so I think for me, like sort of embracing that paradox, like mm -hmm. naming a thing, like we've, we've just talked yeah. about our history, we've talked about the way that Christianity has been co-opted yeah. Um, in the white church so like being able to say those things uh -huh. um, but yet like hold out the possibility of redemption of reconciliation of healing um, yeah. and saying like hey these things have happened and these things like are unjust and they're wrong and they're wicked yeah. and yet yeah. and yet like the Imago Dei right and yet uh -huh. like we have this eschatological hope like yeah. we're trusting that Jesus somehow is right. going to make all things new, even like the mess in me. Right. Cause like, yeah, I think that, so that's, man, that's like, that's strong stuff. That's strong yeah, stuff. Man. Nah, it's real, man. Like I, that's real. It's, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting place to be, to live in that sort of tension, you know, mm -hmm. and, and kind of be okay with it. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's, and it's whether it's a justice tension or even like a theological tension to be like, really, really, okay, really, he's gonna make it right, really. That's you're like, yo, that's wait, okay, guys, let's stop for a second. That's really what I believe. Yo, say it like that's. I mean, that's a. It's a tough like, because especially if you look in his scripture and you like, I mean. Well, one way, one time he made things right by just flooding the earth. Is that, am I, am I looking, is that, is that, is that what I'm hoping for? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this the same God that added, you know, put boils on buttholes. Like, is this really, this what we, this what we hoping for? Like, okay, guys, I don't know if that's, is this what we want? You know what I'm saying? So like that, that tension is a, is a tough tension. You know what I'm saying? I, I, you know, I'm, I'm being funny, but I'm just like trying to point out sometimes like there are some things about our faith that are like not only our tension and hoping that we see a just world, but even believing that God is going to do what we believe he is. That's also it's also a tough lift sometimes. Yeah. Just being real. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Lee, you were laughing. Is that going to make it on the on the radio? You think? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you better keep that in there.
Uh, all right, prop. So yeah. here, here's my my last question for you. Okay. Um, so recently, I attended a funeral at a church in Yale County, Arkansas. So Ooh, this this okay. is the country, okay? And country boy, Yale County, okay. This is the country. This is the country. All right. it was on like my GPS did not get me to this church, okay? Let's go. Had, okay. Right, dirt road. I had to ask for directions, but so this this church is filled with with white people, no black folks. Uh-huh. Um, I enjoy the sermon, the songs, the food that was served by the church mother, the church mothers. These okay. old women were like wonderful to me, right? So this is a good mm-hmm. thing. Okay. But on my way home. I passed the county courthouse, outside okay. of which is a Confederate monument. And there's about there's about 50 of these in the state, right? Confederate mm-hmm. monuments. And, and so okay. I experienced that as a, as a bad thing. And I had to reconcile these two things in my heart and in my mind, like, yeah, right? So I, I went to this funeral, yeah. like, it's this beautiful thing. This community is like loving one another well. They're feeding me, like, this is good. Uh-huh. And then, but but then I see this Confederate monument and it says you know like lest we forget right and I'm like what is it yeah, that we're, yeah, we're yeah, trying yeah. to remember here right and uh-huh. and so increasingly the more that I learn the more that I read and and I look across my community I'm having to mm-hmm. reconcile like the, these things frequently and yeah I see you doing that in in your art uh, like in songs like Crooked Ways yeah uh, right like yeah which to me is incredible because. It's, it's very much, I mean, you've spoken about individual issues and institutional issues. Like you're looking at the crookedness yeah. both in the world and uh-huh. in yourself, and then like you're wrestling with these things. So can you, yeah. can you talk about that? I think it's, yeah, I think it's like what I was saying earlier to where it's like I'm understanding that I am also a member of this very culture I'm critiquing, you know? Mm-hmm. And that, um, again, a cornerstone of our faith is the systemic and the individual, whether it's, you know, something as, as, uh, you know, rudimentary as the concept of sin, that sin is a collective, a collective experience, and it's a personal experience, you know, and and again, a tenet of our faith is that, like, Jesus answers both of those, you know what I'm saying, corporately, collectively, and individually, I mean, if that, I, I just, I mean, that's Christianity, you know what I'm saying, so, so if that is, then like who, like I should obviously recognize that in myself, that there are ways that I participate, which again, going back to like <laughs> concept of critical race theory and intersectionality is that, you know, the ways that I participate, not only in my own oppression, but in pr- oppression of others, of my intersection of being, you know, a cisgendered male, you know, that means that like there are, other areas that I'm experiencing a type of a type of privilege that my wife doesn't, you know, there's questions I don't get, you know, say there's, you know, people don't question my expertise, and she's the actual PhD, you know, what I'm saying like, but everybody don't nobody question my expertise, you feel me? So like, the reality of that is something that, man, if you're not acknowledging that, then I'm like, you're not really not you're really not participating, you know, what I'm saying like, you have to acknowledge that, like, you know, you play a role too. That's just how, that's how earth works, you know? And, and especially like late stage capitalism, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not, I don't, just cause, you know, my bag of tortilla chips says carbon neutral, fair traded, you know what I'm saying? Certified B Corp. I don't mean, I don't know that. 
You know what I'm saying? Like I, I'm, I am participating in a global economy that has, um, that can only be propped up by the exploited um, work and effort of the global South. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 I know. You know the T-shirts I try to sell. I, I do my best. You know what I'm saying? I go to places that are. You know, I, I try to find blanks that are either recycled or, you know, cruelty free. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not flying to Pakistan to make sure that this hat was made correctly. You feel me like I'm participating in something that I know, at least in the back of my hand, that I, I got blood on my hands, too. You know, and mm -hmm. I think that that acknowledgement could either drive you crazy or it can like, you know, calibrate your your grace towards people, you know what I'm saying? In that we're all kind of like, we all got something we got to figure out, you feel me? Um, and hopefully I'm modeling that that transparency and that willingness to do my part, you know what I'm saying? To make things better in, in as best as I can, even in things that like someone might logically be able to say, well, bro, that's, I mean, that's kind of not your fault, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, well, it is though, mm -hmm. I there is, it is, you know what I'm saying? And and as like grandiose as that might sound, it's also just, I mean, it's true. I do, I participate, you know? And you just gotta like, yo, it is what it is. We all participate. Yeah. Man, well, prop, um, thanks for your time today, for being a new yeah, friend and, and a teacher to nah, me. it's an honor. Nah, it's an honor, man. It's an honor, especially to hear like, you know, you put music out and it just goes into the ethereal space and you're like, I don't know if anybody heard this. You know what I'm saying? It's, just, yeah. it's dope to hear that like, you know, your words matter, you know, so thank you. Yeah, man. My pleasure. Your, your words especially do matter and have to me um, and to many. Um, with that, prop, do you have any last words for our audience today? Anything you want to share in closing? Yeah, man, I would just say, you know, you know, culture is us. It's as healed as we are, you know, and we, you know, we can, we can make choices to build the world we want to live in, you know what I'm saying? And that, and that world should be one that is grace filled and loving and supportive. So just be that, you feel me? Um, and you're right. Yeah, all ideas aren't equal. I don't have to, I don't have to hold you that some ideas are very damaging and bad. You know what I'm saying? But there's ways for me to um, push towards a livable world. You know what I'm saying? And and be good listeners and understand where people are coming from. Because at the end of the day, I think we all just just hope our kids eat well and and have a planet to exist on. You know? And reparations now! <laughs> hey, that's a good last word, Prop. That's a good last word. We'll end it there. Thanks, brother. Thank you. This land is ours. Privilege is ours. Not for the cowards. Proud of placement adjacent to sacred cows. You want to fight what's righteous? On season four of the KUAF podcast, Undisciplined. I love the ways that they use their environment. I love that they use physical, like the plants that were in Africa, specifically West Africa, they not only use them for medicinal purposes, but they'd use them for physical means too. 
Because I think that the people who are outraged, like, why would we not? We want to keep our kids safe and all of these things, you know? And it's like, it's not just a safety... These school resource officers are trained to be police officers. The Constitution says it's, it's not right to hold you in custody just because of your poverty. So judges should consider the ability to pay. But what I'm telling you is they don't. Nobody looks at that question. Almost nobody does. You can hear brand new episodes of Undisciplined every other Wednesday on Spotify, NPR One, or at KUAF.com slash podcasts. So we wanted to spend a few minutes discussing what we heard from Prop and what we hope for Northwest Arkansas generally and the church in Northwest Arkansas specifically. Dustin, is it okay if I go first? Yes, sir. Go for it. Okay. So, Dustin, when I think about what I heard from Prop, uh, the word lament really comes to mind. And that's a word that we've discussed in previous episodes of the podcast with Dr. Ra. But in my study of lament, Dustin, I've learned that it's really communication that is marked by some emotions. And those emotions are anger, grief, and alarm. So I've learned that often in the Bible, when the prophets lament, they're angry at the people of God uh, for sinning. Um, they're, they're also grieved because they speak as one of the people of God to the people of God. It's, it's a communication within the family of God about sin. And then thirdly, alarm, because we believe that sin has consequences, negative consequences for us. And so when, when I listen to prop music and, and in our conversation in the interview, uh, that word lament really came to mind. But but what I've also learned, Dustin, and heard um, from Prop in, in the song Playing With Fire, there's this dynamic. The, the lyric of the song is, um, I told y'all be about it. Uh, y'all like, I tweeted about it. Don't be so mean about it. And so what I've learned and sometimes been guilty of is um, when when people, specifically Black people, speak truth to me um, that implicates me and implicates me as a, as a part of this, this group of white people um, and tell me, you know, Lowell, you need to be about it. You need to repent, repair. The, the temptation uh, for me and I think for us, Dustin, is to say, hey, don't, don't be so mean about it. And, and that's really a big problem because it can, it can shut down the conversation before it even starts. Because I can say to you, Dustin, hey, I don't, I don't wanna listen to what you have to say because of how it makes me feel. Um, and and that's, that's a big problem. And so I think that's, that's really the, the primary thing that I heard from Prop is that when, when folks say to us, be about it, it's really important that we, we be slow to say, don't don't be so mean about it, but we really listen and receive that lament. So, Dustin, what about you? What did you hear? Yeah, uh, I first want to say, yeah, I, I resonate with that thought because I think it's, um, I've heard so many times over the course of my work in this space of people uh, trying to put the onus on oppressed marginalized groups to communicate their needs more nicely 
versus to listen to the harm that has been done and to um, be moved in empathy to do something about it. I uh, know, you know, talk to me nice and then we can have a conversation, which again puts the, 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 the core of the burden on the marginalized party to control their emotions as they communicate what has been done to them, right? And say, hey, let's talk about all this trauma, all this harm, all this evil that has been communicated to you and try to do so without getting angry or, or, or having your emotions flare up in the process, right? As if, you know, anger and emotion is somehow being used as a tool to, to emotionally manipulate the person who is being communicated to. And so, yeah, I think that's, I think that's vital. I think when I also talk about what I what I hear, uh, I think a part of that is uh, in the portion of the conversation earlier on where uh, where Prop mentioned uh, performative allyship, in the sense of engaging in the work of racial justice um, for the purpose of conscience and guilt. Uh, alleviation, right? And so I've been made to feel guilty. And so what I want to do is to do enough good or work um, that will make me feel better about myself, right? And the problem that, that I have with this is that it, that it, it is incredibly common Right, it is far more common to get people who are more performative allies than people who are in it for the long term to actually see justice achieved, right? Realize, experience, um, because we have this this sense of shame and guilt being such a powerful force that that becomes my driver versus my connection to human beings and the humanizing of them, the affirming of that dignity and the realization that justice has been violated and we live in an unjust society that we need to work to make more just. And that becomes you know, the measuring stick of, of what do I do and how long do I do it, right? Which has, I think as a, a personally for me, like, which has caused me to not want to engage in certain spaces, right? When we start to have panels, we start to have some of these kind of uh, events that are more centered around um, this reconciliation and, and forming and that kind of at the end, you can feel like you check the box off a list. Like I've learned something, I've listened to something and now, you know, I've done my part, you know, and then I can opt back out of that. and. Um, because the, the problem with performative allyship in its essence is that it puts the, 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 the highlight on how I'm feeling personally about it, right? Not really the evil and the brokenness of the issue itself and the people that is directly um, harming. It is about how I feel about what's going on, not what's actually going on and the people who are being harmed by them. Right, I think about it in, 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 in light of like the parable of the Good Samaritan, right? 
all the people who walk past the man on the side of the road are people whom were on the way to get their guilt alleviated in the temple, right? They were headed to the temple to offer sacrifice so that they could appease their own personal guilt, right? And in the process of that, they completely overlooked and missed the opportunity to demonstrate and live justly on their way to that, right? Even in the irony of adding more guilt and shame to themselves by doing so, right? And that in and of itself demonstrates the problem that I have with performative allyship, that it doesn't move the needle. It doesn't do any good, right? It actually, I think, does more harm than good in the long run, right? Because what you do is that you give people the illusion of friendship and support that has no weight to it, has no substance to it. And then you begin to lean on that and you end up falling on your face. And then what happens when you lean on a structure and it become and it's not hasn't supported you as you should as it should have in the past, right? You no longer trust those supports. And so it begins to create these, these relational dynamics to where um, between people groups, right, there becomes even more distrust than what had already existed before. That's good, Dustin. Is there anything else that you heard that you want to comment on? Yeah, there was a couple. I think the conversation was really rich. Um, uh, I can't think of the, the quote uh, exactly from Baldwin that was mentioned, but it was uh, in the line of uh, basically making Black people being made to feel and seem like they are pouty children, right, who don't have much to be angry about. Um, I mean, maybe when I finish, you could give us that quote more directly. But uh which is a lot of what I've experienced working in these spaces, right? That it is the, the truncating, it is the intentional dismissiveness or the making lighter of the struggles of black people historically, right? Either by ways of saying that that was a long time ago or by ways of saying that black people, that white people, um, uh, didn't have evil motives or they were, you know, doing the best they could or they were, you know, even having the audacity to say that they were kind to slaves or all kinds of things, right? To try to dismiss this or even to project this sense that the real problem has been Black people all along, right? And that they had a better work ethic, you know, that they had... Uh, better attitude, if they had more buy-in into this American system, all kinds of things that the issues wouldn't be. And that the issues that we have now are issues that are made up in our own heads, that we're making them up. And a lot of people don't understand how dehumanizing those statements are, right? Because what you begin to actually say is that Black people do not have a firm grasp on reality right, that the world in which we are living in is not real, 
and that we have mental issues that are preventing us from seeing reality as it really is, right? And that is an incredibly dehumanizing thing to try to tell a person that the world in which they are experiencing it is not real, right? And so I think there's, I think there's a lot there which has continued to perpetually happen. And right, and we're kind of seeing now in our social political, you know, uh, uh, conversations that are happening that, you know, around, you know, the, the heart of racialized history in our country, right? Someone just saying in Oklahoma, right, that, uh, that the, the Tulsa race riot wasn't a, really about race, right? Things like that to try to say, hey, black people are making up this narrative that's not true. And so, you know, that, that that's that's really a problem. And then one thing, and the, and, the, and the last thing that I just wanted to say was just around the, the Thomas Jefferson quote with Thomas Jefferson says, you know, I indeed tremble for my country when I think about the fact that God is just and God's justice cannot um, sleep forever. And he says this in his Virginia notes around slavery and the reckoning that is inevitable to come to the country as a result of the sin of white supremacy and slavery. And to live in another present cultural moment of this um, passed down generational idea that we can elude. Uh, uh, the justice of God that is imminent. That we can kick the can down the road to other generations to deal with the sins of our present and not have to deal with them, right? You know, holistically, right? That the conversation we're having around reparations and racial justice, these are conversations that, right, take place in Reconstruction America. Right, and nothing really gets done at all about that, right? And what we actually get ushered into is an uh, 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 era of racialized terror, right? And so to consistently live in this perpetual, perpetual reality around racial justice being ignored and to not really believe as Christians, that God will move to bring about justice against those who are perpetuating injustice, right? Which is what we live in now. Like we live in this, this reality of people who have co-opted the faith and who have believed that they can, right, live against justice, right? And there is no reckoning on the world. And so I just, I've just thought heavily about that. And about what that what that looks like, and you know, I think about King. You know, let justice roll down like water, and, and righteousness like a mighty stream. And know that 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 the arc of history, as King says, bends towards justice, right? And to believe that, right? And to hold on to that, and to you know, live in a present moment when the the, the structures, especially in the state that we reside in, right, in Arkansas, are um, pushing that uh, against that arc that bends towards justice. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing those comments, Dustin. What you heard 
uh, from prop and, and I agree with all of them. Um, you know, Dustin, when I think about what I hope uh, for Northwest Arkansas generally and the church in Northwest Arkansas specifically, I mean, even more specifically, the white church in Northwest Arkansas, right? Um, I think it, it primarily is um, that, that we would choose to, to receive lament, that we would choose uh, to listen to it, um, and that we would not um, close up our ears um, because of how it makes us feel. Um, and, and furthermore, that we would really you know, King talks about the difference between sympathy and empathy and, and how when you get proximate to people in pain, that enables you to empathize, to feel with them. And so, you know, Dustin, I think that, you know, as we've discussed the fact um, that, that sometimes when Black people talk about racial injustice, they get angry. The, the truth is that that is, that is appropriate. It is reasonable. Um, it's, it's as it should be. And so I think I think my hope for for people like me, uh, white Christians in Northwest Arkansas, is that we would really reflect on, um, you know, why is it that I'm I'm ten, I tend to say, uh, don't be so mean about it, and and what would it look like for me not to respond in that defensive way, um, but really to receive that lamentation, yes, as an exhortation, you know, to be about it, to be better but also as an invitation into a better way of life, a, a more true story uh, of our country and community and, and a way of life that, to your point, Dustin, is more consistent with the character of our God who is just. Um, so those are, those are my hopes uh, for us. Dustin, what about you? What do you, what do you hope? Yeah, first, yeah, I think, I think your thoughts are really, really good. You know, I think of, you made me think about, you know, Baldwin's other quote about, uh, you know, to be black and somewhat, you know, you know, conscience is, is to uh, be almost always in a rage, right? Um, and that the, the emotions that naturally come from the experience of injustice, right? Just, just think about it. Like, you know, if you had any relationship where a person did harm to you over and over and over and over and over again, right and unrepentant you know no repair and then they were just to come over your house and sit down like hey man let's have lunch right you would flip your lid right you would be because it would make no sense it would be crazy to think that there could be relationship without repair without you know repentance and so you know yeah i think that's important that you know it's it's, it's crazy to be more concerned with the tone and the harm. And then secondly, you know, I think my, my hope is that, you know, you guys talked about, uh, you know, King and the idea of um, love and justice. You know, we have the, the love people and we have the justice people, but you know, both of those ideas, those groups who are pursuing those things need to occupy the same space. The pursuit of of community, right, in the in the, the pursuit of, of justice. And which a lot of times we don't have. I think a part of that, in my opinion, is, you know, one, our misunderstanding of all of those terms, what love is, 
as <laughs> as movement, as action, and as power, and then justice as as restorative, right? Um, not merely retributive, as we've maligned the word justice to mean, but restorative and repairing as its chief virtue uh, in its nature of its essence. And saying like, hey, if you are justice, you are a pursuer of community because you are restoring things that are broken, right? You are fixing things that are out of place and making things as they should be. It is this pursuit of wholeness, this pursuit of peace, you know, shalom, that it, that it might, you know, uh, be manifested in our world in ways that um, tangibly demonstrate love by the making right of what is wrong, right? Like, I think both of those ideas are only fully experienced in marriage. And like, my hope is that, you know, people who espouse either idea would understand that you, and without the marriage of the two, like you are only communicating a truncated partial version of either truth. Yes and amen, Dustin. Well, I appreciate you, brother. This has been a good conversation. Um, I think that's all for today's episode. So for our listeners, uh, y'all come back next month to hear Dustin and our friend Betty Wilton discuss a message that I gave at Grace Church, Northwest Arkansas about reparations. And please go to our website, reparationsnownwa.com to get information about the R Word events, like our community reading and discussion about the book Reparations and our community viewing and discussion about the film, The Big Payback This Fall. Thanks.